The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time on a Sunday morning on Riviera Radio where we talk to Rob Kay. How are we doing, Rob? I'm very well this morning, Howard. Uh, yourself? Yeah, it's always good on a Sunday morning, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, France has just released its inflation data and as we're all starting to feel the cost of living rising, I would like us to look today at what is causing this inflation surge, how long will it last, and what can we do to protect our savings? But before we focus on that important subject, what caught your attention in the news this week? Well, Howard, this week the, the news seems to be dominated by numbers. The, the Sunday Times published what it describes as its tax list, which placed uh, a lady called Denise Coates, the founder and joint chief executive of gambling giant Bet365, as far and away the UK's biggest taxpayer. It was reported that uh, that courts paid £421 million in tax, and overall, her family also paid an estimated £482 million. Bet365 has helped Miss Courts accumulate wealth estimated to be around £8.4 billion, making her the 17th richest person in the UK. Second place on the tax payment list went to a gentleman called uh, Stephen Rubin, whose family co-owned JD Sports, Berghaus and Kickers. He paid £256 million. And it was followed by the Western family who owned Fortnum and Masons and actually recently sold Selfridges. They paid £175 million in tax. One of the more, more recognisable entries to this year's top ten was the fearsome boss of the BBC programme, The Apprentice. Sir Alan Sugar came in at number six by paying personal tax of £163 million. And the total tax paid by the top 50 UK taxpayers rose... 510 million to 3.7 billion which is obviously good news for Rishi Sunak the UK Chancellor of the Exchequer Figures also released this week detailed how many UK nationals living in the EU acquired post-Brexit residency permits and how many were refused. Out of an estimated 1,093,000 Brits living in the EU, only 497,000 acquired post-Brexit resident status Although that doesn't really tell the full story. Each EU country could choose whether applicants had to apply to be awarded residence status or their rights were automatic. Out of the 289,900 UK nationals living in countries that obliged them to obtain a resident permit, some 258,000 successfully acquired it. In France, it was initially estimated that there were 148,000 Britons who were expected to apply. But in the end, the French authorities received 165,000 applications. We're told that all but 500 have been concluded, with 105,600 being awarded permanent residence because they'd lived in France longer than five years prior to Brexit, and 46,700 non-permanent residents. The figure also showed that 3,500 applicants were refused, 9,100 were withdrawn and several hundred were incomplete. The refusals figure also includes several duplicate applications because a significant number of people made two applications, either in confusion when the application system changed or after waiting for months for a reply. The number of people who were actually refused is believed to be very, very low and mainly due to those applicants having serious criminal records. As we all know, we Brits frequently bang on about the weather and our suspicions this week were officially confirmed. In January, the inhabitants of Monaco and the Altmarie team enjoyed an amazing 213 hours of sunshine, beating the old record set back in 2005. The average for January 
It's usually 157 hours, so last month the average was significantly beaten. Since 2000, only 2005 and 2022 have exceeded the 200 hours of threshold mark. Sorry, threshold, sunshine mark. Um, all this sunshine is, is wonderful for the morale, Howard, but not so good for the weather catchment. We had a paltry two hours of rain in January when just 11.3 millimetres fell on the, on the 6th of January, released our rainfall totals way below the normal monthly average of 67 millimetres. Let's hope for a little more rain in February, Howard, but uh, could we have it overnight, please? I'll see what we can do. So what is France's inflation figure and how does it compare to its neighbours in Europe? Well, historically, France tends to have lower inflation figures than the EU average, but it did hit 3.4% in December, which is very concerning given that it was at zero just 12 months ago. The rate uh, reached 2% back in August and its harmonised index of consumer prices has since then been slowly climbing. The situation in Spain is much, much worse. From a starting point of a negative inflation rate at the start of the year, Spain's inflation rate hit 6.6% in December. Across the border in Portugal, inflation hit 5%, while closer to home in Italy, it was 4.2%. The highest level recorded across the EU bloc was actually in Estonia, where inflation has hit 12% for 2021. Overall, the EU's annual inflation rate was at 5.3% in December, up from 4.9% in November. Since the start of 2021, the average inflation across the EU increased from 0.3% to 5.3%, which is a seriously scary number given the benign rates we've all experienced for the past 10 years. And what about further afield? How does France compare to the UK and the United States? Looking simply at the official numbers, uh, the, the current situation in France appears to be much better than both the, the UK and the US, and lots of other countries even further afield. The UK's official consumer price index figures are based on a basket of goods containing a representative section of items for people across all ages and incomes. Unfortunately, in my experience, it rarely reflects our own personal inflation rates. In December, the UK's official inflation rate hit 5.4%, which meant in the UK prices went up at their fastest rate in nearly 30 years. The situation across the pond is no better. US consumer prices climbed to 7% by the end of 2021. That was the largest 12-monthly gain since June 1982, and as you would expect, it had a serious impact on the purchasing power of American families. What's causing these high inflation rates? Well, we're experiencing what statisticians call the base effect. It relates to inflation in the corresponding period of time. If the inflation rate was too low in the corresponding period of, of the previous year, even a very small rise in the price index will arithmetically give a much higher rate of inflation now. The world's economies are reopening very quickly, and as more and more restrictions are lifted... People have started travelling, going to restaurants and generally buying more, spending what they maybe couldn't spend during the lockdowns. When economies are growing, businesses find it easier to raise prices without losing customers. But not everything is moving at the same pace. So some companies are finding it difficult to keep up and keep up also with the increased demands as they try to rebuild the supply chains that were badly hit during the pandemic. A few months ago, we... We frequently reported on the progress of, the, of the, the massive ship, the Evergreen, which ran aground blocking the Suez Canal. 
Now, that event exacerbated a shortage in shipping containers. Economically transporting goods became even more difficult, which increased cost and added even further layers of complexity to an already complex situation. The pandemic changed the way we've all lived and worked for the last two years, and maybe into the future. We all bought more electrical goods, and, and a lot more than those companies who are selling those products had expected. Parts such as semiconductors were suddenly in short supply, so companies struggled to keep up. This is what economists call the law of supply and demand. Higher energy prices all around the world have also pushed up inflation. It's estimated 50% of the recent increases in inflation can be attributed to higher energy prices. Less wind in the UK meant windmills stood still. Droughts in Brazil led to less power from dams. And last year's cold winter left us with much lower oil and gas reserves. As we've seen over the past 12 months, inflation rates are heavily influenced by our exposure to the price of oil, gas and electricity. Do you think these rates will come down anytime soon? Most, uh, most commentators agree that although inflation rates probably haven't yet hit their peak, they do expect them to reduce over the course of 2022. Supply will gradually catch up with demand, market anticipation of energy prices will subside, and the base effect I mentioned a little earlier will drop out of the yearly price comparison used to measure inflation. So the pandemic was really unprecedented in modern times. The recovery could also be different it might take longer to repair the massive disruption to supply chains and energy prices could potentially continue to rise because the past two years have also seen a greater focus on the need to transition to green energy. As you would expect, employees and unions are currently asking for pay rises to compensate for the higher living costs, which is completely normal. But if wages continue to increase, businesses may recoup those higher costs by bumping up their prices, which could easily be the slippery slope because that could push prices even higher and the cycle begins to multiply. If people and businesses start to expect higher inflation to continue, actually inflation could rise. Economists call this the second round effect. So far, we've thankfully not seen a large demand for large wage increases. The European Central Bank are confident that inflation will decline during 22, because monetary policy works with some delays, it can't help against short-lived and short periods of spikes in prices, making borrowing more expensive at a time when energy uh, prices and fuels are a squeezing income and company profits that would create unwarranted headwinds for, for a hopeful recovery. The ECB's mission is to keep prices stable, which means they're aiming at an inflation target of 2% in the medium term. Stable prices benefit people across the Eurozone by ensuring the economy grows, jobs are safe and you feel confident the money in your pocket will be worth roughly the same tomorrow as it is today. Most of us will notice inflation when we do our grocery shopping or fill the car with fuel. But what about in the longer term? What damage can inflation inflict on our savings and income? In, in a recent broadcast... I'm not sure if it was last uh, last week or before Christmas, I mentioned the number of 85-year-olds is projected to double over the next 20 years, which is good for those of us in our 50s and 60s, but what impact will that and inflation have on our finances? It's a quite a sobering thought, but if you invest 1 million euros and 30 years later you still have 1 million euros, and inflation compounds at just 3% over the whole period, you will have lost 60% of your money even though you preserve your million euros. The reality is, 
you'll have maintained the same number of units of the currency you started with. Unfortunately, you've lost 60% of your purchasing power. And in the long run, purchasing power is the only rational definition of money. If I turn that around, if you retire today and your budgeted living costs are 100,000 euros and inflation runs at 3% per annum, in 10 years, you'll need 140,000 euros to buy what 100,000 buys you today. In 20 years, you'll need 190, and in 30 years, you'll need 250,000. Over the years, because of these broadcasts, I've occasionally been accused of skirmongering. What I've just described is not skirmongering, it's the reality and the impact of inflation. If you've not sat down with your financial advisor and contemplated what may prove to be a three-decade, two-person retirement, these inflation numbers should be a wake-up call to just do that and consider your thoughts about what constitutes risky or safe investments and how they sit in today's world. At the end of the day, purchasing power is the real value of money. So is it fair to say inflation is a considerable threat to our long-term financial security? If you judge that question by the amount of people who have contacted us over the past few months because inflation has surged, the answer must be a wholehearted yes. It is a threat, and more and more people are starting to see it. Whether it's, as you mentioned before, your weekly grocery bill, filling your car up with fuel, or the energy bill dropping on your doormat, none of us are immune from the tentacles of inflation. We've had 10 years of not really having to concern ourselves with inflation, but it's always been there in the shadows, eating away at the buying power of the euro in your pocket. We shouldn't forget, even if inflation does return to 2 or 3% by the end of this year, over the pandemic period, it could have easily averaged 6% a year. Double the average rate I used earlier, which means the buying power of your money will have dep depreciated twice as quickly. How can we protect our savings and investments from inflation? The message I, I think I would like to everyone to take from today's programme is you should always consider inflation when you review your finances. To generate returns which outstrip inflation, you need to invest in assets that historically generate returns in excess of inflation over time. Blevins Frank strongly believes that by working with a wealth manager and following a disciplined investment process, you will reduce your capital risk. You need to establish your goals and your time horizons. You need to determine your attitude to risk and then construct a well-diversified portfolio and use quality investment managers. That portfolio then needs to be reviewed at least annually. And you need to be patient. Stick with your plan. It's time in the market, not time in the market, that is more likely to achieve your longer-term goals. If you're already in investments, um, or you've got an investment portfolio, but you don't have a carefully designed strategy, tailored to your particular situation and appetite for risk, or you've not reviewed them recently, Blevins Franks would be happy to look at your financial affairs to confirm if they are suitably structured to provide the protection from future inflation and taxation threats. We all need a tax-informed investment strategy with the potential to provide capital growth in excess of inflation and where your money is legitimately protected from unnecessary taxation. This can be achieved with the strategic financial planning strategy, which is based on your objective circumstances and risk profile, and importantly, held in a tax-efficient set of arrangements, which, which complement the jurisdiction where you live. If you'd like to discuss your financial arrangements with a Blevins Franks partner and you live in France, you should call our Valbon office, and the telephone number in Valbon is 0493 001780. That's 0493 
001780. And if you live in Monaco or visiting our Monaco office would be more convenient for you, call our Monaco office. And our number here is 97775574. That's 97775574. And as this subject was prompted by various questions posted, posted to the Riviera Radio Questions Portal, if you have a question you would like us to answer or a situation you'd like us to address in a future broadcast, email them to rivieradio at blevinsfranks.com. If you'd like to know more about Blevinsfranks or if it's easier to contact us via our website, simply direct your internet search to www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. Always interesting. And we'll talk again next Sunday morning. Look forward to it, Aaron. Have a great week. Thank you. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or Riviera at BlevinsFranks.com. Is your wealth management on track to meet your objectives and provide long-term financial security? Blevins Franks has 45 years' experience managing our clients' capital. We provide a range of integrated financial services to give you peace of mind about your future. Our investment recommendations are personalized for you and designed to be tax efficient and meet your estate planning wishes. Contact Blevins Franks on 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com.